We've tried to be very smart about how you put the plan together, but feel like the guys have a good understanding of what we're doing on all three sides of the ball. Now's the time to compete. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Tonight is your chance to get a detailed peek behind the scenes from team headquarters in Berea, and you'll find out how the Browns are prepping for this week's game. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Good evening and welcome into the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Nathan Zagura and the three-time, three-time, three-time Super Bowl champion Gerard Cherry with you here to talk about your... We're going to give thanks. Actually, it's Thanksgiving week. Why not? Give thanks for your seven and three Cleveland Browns and Gerard. I know what it felt like to me in the booth. The return of Jim, the return of Nick Chubb, but only one person on this program was down on the sidelines feeling the energy of the crowd, feeling the energy of this team. What was Sunday like for you? You can start pregame, take me all the way through it. What was that day like for you, and what do you think that day means for the Cleveland Browns? Well, to start the game off, Nathan, it was certainly something of a spectacle because you had the Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers playing a football game late in the season, if you will, or at least a halfway point, but it does seem later than what it actually is, that had consequence, that had significance, that had playoff implications on the line, and you could sense the seriousness of the situation, and you had DTR who stepped on that football field looking confident. His pregame speech, Nathan, my man didn't have much to say, but he was extremely fired up. And then when Nick Chubb walked through that tunnel, heck, when Jim walked through that tunnel, it's just the crowd and just their level of fanfare and support and just involvement in the game. You could feel it. The decibels were certainly there. And it was just an exciting, electric atmosphere in which the team, I believe, fed off of it. How beautiful it is when the crowd just starts out of nowhere when DTR was going through his moments. DTR, 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 for no reason. It wasn't prompt and he wasn't even on the football field, but they were getting love at that. So a scene like that, you feel it. You are saying to yourself, this is amazing, the level of support that the fans are giving DTR because Lord knows we needed it. And then the defense, the way they were playing, and I'm still upset at the fact they didn't get that safety to start the game because yes, it certainly ridiculous. was. When you go back and look at it, it was a safety, no doubt about it. And you can make the argument yes. that the second play was just as a firm yes. being a safety. <laughs> You're exactly right. So there were so many emotions, and you know you've gotten now to be a part of the broadcast team since since the start of the 2022 season. I don't know about you down on the sideline. There wasn't a dry eye up in the booth. It was incredible. And then to have him come back, and now the videos are out there. And if you want any, you could check out uh, at the Browns on Twitter or on Instagram, and they have all the videos of all the content of Jim. But my favorite part, Gerard, was. You know, I had to do the first couple of plays while he was down there. Hey, you did a good job, by the way, man. I meant to tell you that. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. It was fun. It was a little nerve-wracking, though. It was fun. <laughs> and then he comes right back in, puts the headset on, and boom, 
right back into it, just rolling. It it was awesome. Was there? Did you get a sense, kind of look around, and then you know we had the crowd in front of our booth turn around, give them a standing ovation. They had a sign that said "Welcome back, Jimmy," that spanned the whole section. It was just, it was awesome to see. Was down on the field, could you feel that from the crowd and the ovation that he got? Oh, you could certainly feel it. And it played a part of, again, the atmosphere and the emotion of the game in that someone who's such a key and prominent figure to what we do as a broadcast team, obviously, but even for the just the love. Nathan, you have no idea, man, how many people during the course of that week when various places that I attended would come up to me and tell me, tell Jim I said I'm happy he's back. And I got it on multiple. Gerard, I, you can't. I can't people. understand because that was my life. Absolutely, it's awesome. Yeah. So I basically, Jim, at least get three hundred people told me to tell you, welcome back. And so, welcome back, my man. So yes, you can certainly feel it, and it just add to the environment again. And we yep. did something that we rarely do around here. We beat the Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers on back to back weeks, and I believe the. Fans are sensing that there is something truly special going on here. When you think about all the adversity that this football team went through, and specifically DTR, how he went from night and day, it was not a good experience against the Ravens. It was a really good experience against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know a lot of people want to minimize what he's doing, Nathan, and I I look at him sideways. And the reason why is I'm like, you do not understand how much it takes from wherewithal to go through what he went through, to have the confidence to one step back on that football field and then do what he had to do in that fourth quarter to get us back to where we were at, to where he drove us down the football field in a meaningful situation. So people can minimize it all they want. And on top of that, couple of the drops in there that were part of the yes. percentage of why it was so low. But people don't want to look at those things. They're always looking for reasons to complain. I think you're right, and I think that you speak to the resilience of this football team, guys stepping up over and over. You got Dewan Jones not well enough to play the whole game, but well enough to pass block against T.J. Watt, and he handled him, vaporized him. 19 snaps against T.J. Watt in the pass rushing situation, not a single pressure allowed. But I want to go back to DTR, and you know, if you had told me, if you could guarantee that the Browns won the game, To me, the perfect script would have been, who cares what happens in the first 58 minutes? But if DTR can lead this team on a game-winning drive late in the fourth quarter against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that will do more for his confidence in himself, that'll do more for his teammates' confidence in him, and that'll do more for this team than any other possible outcome out there. Even if he went out there and we lit him up and he goes for 330 and three touchdowns, of course we'd be thrilled about that. But when you felt the enormity of that moment – and what that meant, and it really was to me, it was like a crossroads for the season. Do we beat the Steelers and get to 7-3? and three? Do we, you said rarely, do we do something we have never done, which is beat the Ravens and Steelers in consecutive games? And he was able to go 4-4, four for four, a dart to Elijah Moore. He gets one out to Kareem, the slant to Amari, and then the beautiful ball to Chief, who came through with the catch when you needed it, and then D-Hop did the rest. And I think that the day was so special, emotional with Chubb, so special, emotional with Jim Donovan. It was a perfect day, as good as you could hope for in the middle of November out there. This is a day where, you know, you had a lot of Browns fans, families. Bo, my co-host on Browns Daily, had brought his kids and the way, because the Browns and DTR came through and won this game, it made this, in my mind, an inflection point. One of the most special Sundays I've been a part of since I've been with this organization. And I really think you said something special going on. Something different's going on. Mm-hmm. We're winning games that in the past we did not win, just straight right. up. And Lose, so there's collapse, a belief, yes. right? And that belief 
can be very powerful. You were on Super Bowl championship teams, not once, not twice, but three times. There's a belief, and we talked about it coming into this game, and I think it's there even more so now as this team is rallying under incredible adversity to continue to win games, now winning five of their last six. And here's the thing, Nathan, that's so important for those who are skeptical of DTR, and you hit it on the head. That 4 for 4 drive will do so much for his confidence and a sense and belief that I belong here and I can get this yep. job done. You did that against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last time I checked, that's not a slouch of a defense. They nope. are the nightmares of many rookie quarterbacks and veterans alike. So for you to go out there in a clutch moment, step up and deliver and do what you had to do to put your team in a position of success, that's going to build. And it is all about confidence it's all about and this is from a collective standpoint that sense of you know what if we apply ourselves if we take care of business we can't be beat and when you start believing that and you start expressing that that's when it starts to get even better to where you can't wait to get to the game on sunday and you can't wait to watch film on monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday and sunday again because you realize what a special thing you have taken place and right now nathan we're certainly trending towards that with 10 games in the book and it takes everybody, right? To me, one of the plays of the game, and, and you'll hear a little bit later from MJ Emerson as well as head coach Kevin Stefanski, but they both talked about this particular play. When Zadarius Smith chased down Jalen Warren on third and 15 mm -hmm. from where he was lined up over in between the left guard and the left tackle, yes, he was running a stunt in that direction, but his ability to track Warren down prevents a field goal attempt and I think was as big a play as there was in the game, and you'll hear from MJ. He got a standing ovation in the defensive film room on Monday because it's all the little things. And one little play, one little loaf could be the difference between winning and losing. I thought Kevin Stefanski had a great game plan, got the ball out of DTR's mm -hmm. hands as quick as anybody in the NFL last week. That minimized the impact of Watt and Highsmith. And, yeah, you're, there are going to be games where you're going to have to open it up. You're going to have to throw it down the field. This wasn't one. We knew no, our defense wasn't. could dominate right. them. And the defense did, for other than one play, complete domination of the Pittsburgh Steelers. In fact, so dominant – they fired their offensive coordinator after yeah. this game, which is a big change. It used to be Browns coaches got fired after Steelers' losses. Now Steelers' coaches are getting fired after they lose to the Cleveland Browns. But I love the game plan, but I love that hustle. When you see your veterans that bought in, your leaders that bought in, it has to have a, a trickle-down effect, right? Oh, certainly. And on top of that, when you get that type of acknowledgement that your effort means something and everyone starts to sense and feel that, hey, I don't care even if I'm on special teams, you're applauding me and you're lauding me for what I'm doing. That makes a difference because you're bought in like, hey, they appreciate me and everybody needs to be appreciated yep. for Zadarius to get appreciated like that because it was a huge play. Because if he doesn't Massive. hustle, Warren is probably still running. And yep. Along those lines, yes, we could talk about Miles' incredible performance and the sacks oh, yeah, and the pressures and all that entails and what Taki Taki did, what JOK did, all those things. But a play like that, that seems insignificant to most. But if you play ball and you study ball and you know ball, you realize how important it is because it teaches other guys. Don't give up on plays. You never know what your hustle is going to lead to. And that hustle right there led to us potentially – well, we then potentially of what's winning that game because that could have been a first down and who knows what else if he doesn't hustle. So you love that. You reinforce that and you get guys to buy into doing your job and going beyond the call of duty. And that's where we're at right now, Nathan, and we need to just keep building on it. But that game was certainly a watershed moment for this football team for this season. And we need to just keep pushing and moving forward. 
You're exactly right. The Browns now the fifth seed in the AFC, just a half game out of first place in the AFC North and a half game out of the number one seed and a bye in the first round in the AFC. For the Browns, no injury reports until tomorrow, but Kevin Stefanski on Monday said that Anthony Walker Jr. was week-to-week with a hamstring. Safety Rodney McLeod out for the year with a bicep injury placed on injured reserve. I I look for the Browns to add a veteran safety who is out there on the market to their practice squad to help fill in and make – take the place of Rodney McLeod because we like to play a lot of dime. We've got the young man, Ronnie Hickman. We've got the young man as well, DeAnthony Bell. But I would imagine a veteran safety that's out there uh, is somebody that the Browns would certainly look at. And there's some guys out there that are available that have ties to people on our coaching staff. For the Broncos, no injury news. Safety Kareem Jackson suspended for four games. He will not play against the Browns on Sunday. Be a part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join Next Gen STM presented by Ticketmaster, the official wait list of the Cleveland Browns. Being a next-gen STM is the best chance to become a season ticket member in future seasons. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash next-gen STM to reserve your spot today. When we come back on the Kevin Stefanski Show, you'll hear from the head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. That's coming up next all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Nathan Zagura and the head coach of your 7-3 and three Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. Wow, what a, an emotional day. What a great day because it culminates, obviously, in a Cleveland Browns win. But when you think back to that Sunday, and it was a very special day for so many reasons, and we'll touch on those, what's the first thing that comes to mind about this team, this city, and everything that transpired on the shores of Lake Erie? Yeah, I thought it was hard fought. I thought it's AFC North football, so it was physical as all get out. And it was hard, and it's hard to win in this league, as everybody knows. Uh, It was hard on Sunday, but... Uh, there's a great line, uh, Jacoby Brissett actually said it, everything you want is on the other side of hard. And that's just where we were in that game, and the guys stuck with it, and we needed all 60 minutes, and, and the guys came through at the end. That's becoming a trend, needing all 60 minutes, and this football team seems to find a way week in and week out. What is the belief like in this team, the belief in each other, and the fact that it just feels like this year, this team has galvanized itself to the point where no matter what's going on, when they need to do it, they get it done. You know, we talk a lot about resiliency. Uh, you can't speak it into existence. I wish you could. Uh, but we talk a lot about it. And then we knew that there's going to be moments in this season, in game, uh, just throughout early, late, doesn't matter, where you're going to have to overcome adversity. Sometimes it's injuries, which nobody likes. Sometimes you get down 14 nothing, which nobody likes. But it's where we are. So I think our guys know how to deal very matter-of-factly with what's in front of them. Pre-game, Nick Chubb comes out. The place goes bananas. That's then followed up with Jim Donovan coming out and smashing the guitar. The place goes bananas. What was that just kind of atmosphere like? I've talked to a lot of the guys. Some of them got emotional. They were so amped up. What was it like just kind of being down there, seeing all that, and seeing how that kind of led to this team coming out of the gate? Yeah, it was electric. Uh, That whole vibe on the lake, our fans brought it from the first minute to the last uh, and, and we feed off that. And I've, I've mentioned this before, and I think our fans know this. We feed off their energy when they're bringing it, when they're loud, when, when the offense can't operate, when they're getting delays a game throughout the game. I mean, that, that is a direct relation to our 12th man. 
I want to thank you on behalf of everybody who knows and loves Jim and all Cleveland Browns fans everywhere for what you did after the game, giving him a game ball. Why was that so important to you, and, and what did that moment mean to you? And, and I'm sure you've seen what it meant to Jim. Well, Jim is such a huge part of this organization. I mean, think about our fans and, and their relationship to this team. A lot of them grew up listening to Jim. And uh, just the, he's the soundtrack of our seasons. So to have him back out there where he belongs, I thought was awesome. You know, to see him out there smashing the guitar was fun for him. But then I uh, just felt it was important to, to recognize what he's going through and, and let him know that we're here for him. Uh, and I just told him, and he's a fighter, that this team is a bunch of fighters. And, and I think it's, uh, he fits right in with this group. It was perfect. And awesome. And I can tell you it meant the world to him. It's a day he will certainly never forget. The Browns won't forget it either because they beat the Steelers middle of November, six and three, six and three. The Browns now go to seven and three. And earlier in the week, you mentioned the adversity, the news of Deshaun Watson. You decide DTR is going to be the starter. When you looked at that, are, were you looking at that as a one-week long-term thing? And what I mean by that is, here's a young guy that we believe in. We want to give him as much exposure for the time that this team gets where we ultimately hope it goes so that when we get there, he's not in his first or second game. He's not a rookie anymore. Was that kind of the thought process in, in naming him the starter? And then what did he show you out there on the field? As you can imagine, I kind of get lost in one week at a time. So that's really where our mindset was. But I did feel like it was important, and I mentioned this Earlier in the week, I felt like it was important to give him a full week. Uh, everybody understands the circumstances of his first start. I wanted to give him one where he knew he's the guy. Every meeting goes through him, meaning when we're in the meeting room on Wednesday, we're talking to him specifically about progressions and what he sees and really what he uh, sees well, those type of things. So that was important for me uh, to let him go through that. And I thought, honestly, his preparation was excellent. And I think you saw that in the game. I thought he made really quick decisions. The ball came out of his hand when it, when it had to. Uh, as you know, that's, those are two very good rushers uh, on the edges there. And we felt like our pass game being on time would mitigate that pass rush. The first 58 minutes notwithstanding, I'm sure that if you were going to design a scenario knowing the outcome would be what you design, could you have thought of a better thing for your young quarterback than inside of two minutes, needing to drive the team down to win the game, and obviously him being able to do that, going four for four for 39 yards on that drive, the dart to Elijah. I thought the recognition on the pass to Chief, which really put us in comfortable D-hop range, where he held a Landon Roberts with his eyes coming back, knowing he had the outside leverage there, that that return route was going to be open and creating that alley for the yak from the chief. Did that show you something in DTR that says, this is, we can build on this. This can be a springboard for him and for this team with him as the quarterback. I think all young players, you learn about them as you go. I, you know, I think about Dewan. He got thrust into the game uh, in week two, and, and we're learning about Dewan. And then you're learning about some young guys that are playing for us defensively. So all these guys, you're, you're taking in information as they go. And, and you also recognize it's not going to be perfect with young players. And, but uh, you mentioned that drive. I mean, he was perfect on that drive. He, he did everything that he was supposed to do. Again, going back to the decision making, I thought he was very uh, sharp. I thought the ball was was out of his hand to the, to the correct read. Uh, and, and that's part of playing this position is, is operating. So I thought he was a very good operator on that last drive. Take some of the drops out, and there were uncharacteristic more. And I already know Chief was, was FaceTiming you on the jugs machine, but made the catch when it mattered, which is, again, what this is all about. 
were you surprised at how effectively he kind of did distribute the football? There would have been around 75% completions had we done what we normally do out there. Yeah, and that was, you know, that was part of the plan. We felt like completions versus that group are a premium. I mean, any which way you can get them because, uh, uh, you know, it's a good defense. We know that they have good players. Uh, so we felt like getting through progressions quickly, playing on time with our feet, one sack and that many pass attempts versus that defense is, is really hard to do, uh, hard to do versus their, their rushers. So credit to the quarterback, the receivers, tight ends for playing on time, and then the offensive line. Uh, I thought they really battled throughout the day. Now that you won't have to face Highsmith and Watt again this season, hope at least not in the regular season, for sure, will you give some more longer developing time and, and for DTR to be able to push the ball down the field? Because it was, I think it was very smartly, wisely so, quick game against this, this Steelers defense. Yeah, yeah, I think we go into every game and we say, all right, how do we win this one? And, and that's just our focus. So, uh, you know, we turn your attention to Denver and, and you look at them and you say, okay, what can we do to move the ball? And, and we want to move the ball any which way we can, get the ball into that end zone. So it, it's certainly a week-to-week proposition based on what you're doing. All right, you mentioned DeWan earlier, and he completely stifled T.J. Watt in, in the 19 pass block snaps that he was out there working one-on-one against him. I just am curious because I, I, I wondered this on the broadcast. You say, DeWan, you're not healthy enough to play the whole game, but you are healthy enough to go and try to block a guy who's been the defensive player of the year, which is it's funny when you think about it in those terms, but – he certainly was able to do just that. What was kind of the thought process in the role that you had for him, and, and where do you see him going forward? Did, did coming out of that mean he can go back to playing full-time? Yeah, we were not sure if he was going to make it really throughout that week. So uh, he practiced a little bit on Thursday and Friday and, and wanted to see how we responded each one of those days as you're dealing with a, a knee injury uh, and just felt like the right thing was to not play him the entire game. It just That's a lot of plays on a big man with a with a lower leg injury. Sure. Uh and you know that's as everybody knows that's he's a plus pass protector. I mean that, that's what he's very good at. He's becoming you know more of a complete player, and, and he's continuing to work. But uh, he he didn't shy away from it. Uh, he he knew what the plan was. We knew how how we're going to use him, and uh, yeah, he didn't shy away. And I give him credit for fighting to make it. Uh, this is. What these guys go through in a given week to make it to Sunday is incredible. And, and I get to see it every single day, the work that gets put into the, into the training room, uh, just around the clock treatment. You push yourself through practice, and then they make it to these games on Sunday. I, I marvel at it. Resilience. It's a resilient bunch that you got here, Coach. There's no doubt. Let's turn it over to the defense. Another suffocating performance save for one play really in this game completely stifled the Pittsburgh Steelers. At this point, you're used to it. You have the best seat in the house, but they're doing, again, it's historic what this team's been able to do week in and week out. It is, and, you know, uh, it's it's the thing that's most impressive to me. I mean, we play sound defense, and we're not perfect, and, and of course there's things we can clean up, but the effort, you know, we coach effort, we demand effort, and to see our guys flying around, and, and Miles is a guy that comes to mind for me. We know how great Miles is, obviously, but watch him fly around, watch him in the run game, watch him chase people down. That that's that's the hallmark of, of our team. That's a hallmark of our defense is just flying around to the football. Give you an example of it. I thought was maybe one of the plays of the game, given what was going on inside of five minutes, third and 15. They run that screen out to Jalen Warren. Zadarius has lined up between their left guard and left tackle. Now he's running a stunt, fortunately, which is taking him in that direction. But the recognition, the hustle and the finish to prevent a field goal opportunity. If he doesn't make that tackle, they're probably sending Chris Boswell out there, and he makes it. Who knows? That changes everything potentially in this game. That play to me symbolized in many ways my cosm of the whole season, that effort, that desire. 
that I can't tell you how big that play was, and and I knew it live how big it was. Uh, and and he's a big man running, and and again, that's what we we demand of our guys. You run out of the stack when when it's a screen or it's a checkdown like that, and and he uh, was relentless in his pursuit. Uh, but a absolutely humongous play for where we were, literally in the field position battle. But where we were in that game for him to make a play was was a key to the game. Hey, don't show up his sacks, but what he did to Lamar Jackson on that last drive in the hole on the, the quarterback design run and then to chase him down to the sideline, get the ball back, and then there, uh, uh, phenomenal stuff. All right, seven and three. Turn the page, as you mentioned. Denver Broncos, going to be a long road trip here, heading out to the West Coast, Broncos, then the Rams. For this team, coming off all the emotion, how do you kind of refocus, knowing you got Thanksgiving and all that to deal with, to take on a Broncos team that is suddenly surging now at 5-5? Five and five? Yeah, you know, that's what we do. We put the blinders on. Uh, they tell me it's Thanksgiving this week. I didn't, you know, th that's kind of our mentality. We, we don't really uh, concern ourselves with what's going on on the outside. We, we know we have a job to do, uh, and this is a good team, and they've won four in a row. I think that's the, most, uh, the biggest winning streak in the league right now. Uh, so they're talented. Uh, we have our work cut out for us, but th that's really the, where the focus goes. It goes back to our work. They were on Sunday Night Football. Don't know if you got a chance to, to watch some of that game, but it feels like, you know, they're able, Russ is able to kind of navigate this more of a short passing game. They're doing well there, and then their defense has been playing pretty well also. What stands out to you about this Denver Broncos team? Taking the ball away. I mean, they've done a great job in, this, in these four games of taking the ball away. Uh, interceptions, they're stripping at the ball. Uh, it's, and it's a tough place to play. They've, they've won these games. I think it's uh, three out of the last four, maybe at home. Uh, so they're, they're playing well at home as well. All right, Thanksgiving, you said you're not that into it. Anything, any traditions, anything exciting that you, that you really look forward to on Thanksgiving Day? I mean, what we do here, and I'm sure it's every place in the NFL, you get your work done early so you can get out of the building uh, as quickly as possible. So we'll move meetings up. We'll, we'll have a little bit shorter meetings, a little bit shorter practice, uh, and then it's like the Indy 500 getting out of here and trying to get home as quickly as you can uh, just to be with family. So I have family in town. We'll, we'll have, I'll be sitting on the couch. The TV will be watching me. Um, and just being around the kids is what's most important. Coach, thank you so much. Congrats on the big win. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And I got to say, for a lot of people, it's fun watching in these post games now, getting a little bit more fired up each and every week. Love to see it. Congrats on the big win. I appreciate it. Thanks, Nathan. All right, we'll be back with more of the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. For me, I'm just trying to make the right decision for each of our players. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show, all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network, joined now by an elite corner, an elite human, and a great friend of this program, the one and only MJ Emerson. MJ, what a win uh, on Sunday over the Pittsburgh Steelers, 13-10, to 10, you guys battled. But I want to go back to pregame, because I know how it affected me. I know how I, it affected 70,000 people, but how did it affect you guys on the field to see Nick Chubb come out and get that ovation, and then Jim Donovan comes out after beating cancer, smashes the guitar the place is going completely insane could you guys feel that like what was it like on the sideline for you players when all that was going on uh, a lot of emotions going on uh, you know one of the biggest games of our year you know because uh, of the next game but obviously afc the opponent uh i'm an afc north opponent and oh uh, man we just wanted to go put on the shoe for, for our fans you know whenever we're at home you know we want to hold a crown and uh and do what's right you know let's get the victory you know for you know for everybody you know in the facility and, you know, all the fans, you know, around the world. So that felt great, man, just seeing Chubb and that was just motivation. And, you know, uh, in Jim's situation, uh, smashing the guitar, it was just fun. It was electric. 
It was. The man. fans was really loud. It's probably the loudest game I was uh, a part of, I feel like, since I was a Cleveland Brown, and it was just amazing. All right, so we'll talk pregame. Now we're going to talk postgame, then we'll talk game. After the game, what was that scene like, the emotion? You over there on the sideline with DTR, which was an awesome moment. What was that feeling like after the 60-minute war you guys went to with the Steelers? Oh, man, it was a great feeling. Uh, it just felt like, you know, uh, a breakthrough, you know. Um, it's the win we needed as a team, and we just keep building, you know, step by step, one game at a time. And, uh, you know, we got a bright future. You know, we just got to uh, stay with each other, you know, stay close, keep each other motivated, and don't go weary, you know, and doing what's right. And, and uh, my emotions just kind of took over, honestly. Uh, I spoke to him, and I, I kind of forgot I was mic'd up in a sense, honestly. I just, just told him how I felt, you know, and I told him I was proud of him. You know, and we're going to need him. Yeah, absolutely. And when you did on that last drive, four for four, leads the team down. He got emotional. And I love what you said to him. You said, you want to cry, man? Cry. Like, this, you deserve it. This is beautiful. There's a movie called Big Lebowski, which is older than you are. And one of the lines in that is that strong men also cry. And it's the truth. See, I'm getting emotional. I get emotional. It's awesome because that's what you guys put so much into these games. And I don't think people realize how much you guys put into it to have those moments where it comes through. You win because one play could be the difference between winning or losing that you guys executed enough to win the game. It is an outpouring of emotion. Then you guys are feeling it from the crowd. You're walking back. It's pure joy. You're giving your gloves to kids. They're losing their minds, going crazy. How fun is that? Like, how crazy is it to think of when you were a little kid, if, you know, the star cornerback of the team you grew up loving came over and gave you your gloves, like what you would have done. And then now you're that guy that's given the gloves. And they're like, that kid was like losing his mind. Man, uh, it's just a blessing. Uh, and I don't take it for granted, you know, and uh, just thankful, you know, to be here and, and I, in this situation with this team, you know, and, and, with, and with the guys we got around. And just excited. It is exciting. You guys have now won five out of the last six games. You guys have done a lot of them in rather dramatic fashion. Arizona was the one where it w was more of a no stress, yeah, which was nice. But when you guys go out there, let's talk about this defense. There are two plays I want to talk about. The first one, third and 15, they're at the 45. And they had scored 10 unanswered at that point. They get 10 yards on that play. Not a first down, but they probably get to kick a field goal. And that could change the feel, the vibe, all of it, because it would be the first time we trailed. When you go on as a, as a guy in your second year, and they put that tape on, and you see Zadarius Smith running a stunt, not breaking stride, seeing it and chasing it down, knowing that if, if a veteran who is lined up over their left guard doesn't make that play on the right sideline, Maybe they do kick a field goal. Maybe it's a different outcome, but that he's doing it even at this stage in his career. Uh, man, uh, I just salute those guys. Um, we say as a defense, they are the engine. You know, um, we all run to the ball. If, if 300 pound, 270 pound, 265, you know, uh, linemen can run to the ball, then also we can also, you know. And uh, I tell my hat off to him. Uh, if he if he don't make that play, you know, it's e the game could be easily different. You know, yeah. so. Big, big shout out to Z. Did that one get a lot of love in the film room today? Oh yeah, we most definitely uh, gave his, him his standing ovation today. I love it. I love that, and, and deservedly so. And then I want to go, they get the ball back. You guys go three plays, 15 seconds, three incompletions. The last one, they came at you, mistake. What was that like for the defense to kind of have the, that moment, get it back? And now it was like, now we're not even thinking overtime. Now we're thinking, we're getting it to DTR, he's going to go win, which is exactly what he did. Oh uh, man, uh, what, just whatever it takes. Um, Whatever it takes, man. We work so hard. Uh, we we believe in each other. You know, we trust we trust the process, and uh, we knew you know to win that game, we we had to make the, a key stop, and that three and out, and, uh, and it was really fast. Got it back for the offense. You know, and, uh, DTR put something together special. You know, so and D Hop topped it off. But uh, I just want to say, you know, this defense. Uh, 
is relentless, resilient, um, warriors, you know, uh, responsible, you know, and we, and we just want to win. So we all just work together, you know, do whatever to win. Every week somebody else steps up. Every when Miles steps up every week, but every week it feels like somebody else, right? Yeah, everybody else. But you've all had your great moments, right? And it feels like you guys all celebrate that, you love it, and you have that belief in your fellow brother that, like, if they come at me, I'm making the play. If they go over there, they're gonna make the play, right? As it, as it should be, you know. And uh, I feel like that's what makes this defense so. I would say great. It's what makes this defense so great is, you know, we lean on each other and we hold each other accountable. So it's like, um, if they come at me, I'm gonna make the play. And if they come at you, you better make it, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, or you gonna hear about it. And just a sta it's just that standard, you know. All right, two things real quick. D-Hop, did you look? What were you thinking, or were you like, this is good? Did you know it? Uh, I'm going to be honest. The Baltimore game, I was like, you know, kind of on the edge. I was a little nervous about that one. I don't know, a little longer. But this game, I was just like, yeah, we got this yeah. one. Like, D-Hop, yeah, I'm yeah. very confident in him at this point. Like, you know, he's you know he's very clutch. I love it. Second thing, I've heard that you have not been delivered your merce. I talked to Greg about this last week. Uh -huh. I'm a little disappointed with him because he told me he's trying to rewrite the bet. Yeah, he, he's trying to rewrite the bet, so uh, we're going to see. We're going to see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, give you some, some advice here. So in golf, when you play a bet, once you've won the first bet, people can, they can press, so they can add a second bet to it. So you could say, fine, you want to make a season-long bet. You're still in the lead there, by the way, two to one. But you have to, the first bet, it has to be acknowledged. We can't, we can't just throw that. We can't change it after right. the fact. This is outrageous. That's true. Yeah, he was saying, like, he might buy me some cologne or something. Like, he, so he want to do, you know, he want to be cheap and then try to get me at the end of the year. But, nah, I, no, need, no. I need my bag. Yeah, I'm going to tell him. Exactly. Yeah, you got to tell him. Oh, I did tell him. And we will continue the campaign. Justice for MJ Emerson. Don't you worry about it. You're going to get that merch. That's exactly right. MJ, thanks so much, man. Thanks for being with us. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And, uh. Great season so far, and excited to see what you guys do out there in Denver. Yes, sir. Same to you. Have a blessed day. We'll be back to break down the Browns and the Broncos matchup next on the Kevin Stefanski Show, all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. Browns fans, from now until December 31st, visit your local grocery store and purchase a 12-pack of Bud Light and a 12-ounce package of Sugardale Bacon to receive a $5 rebate. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash bacon and beer to learn more. And remember, if you drink, don't drive. Decide to ride. Enjoy responsibly. Nathan Zagura back with Gerard Cherry. And Gerard, I got to tell you something. I don't know if you've seen the video yet of MJ mic'd up the four minutes. I love that kid. I think he's become not only a Pro Bowl caliber cornerback, I think he's becoming a leader. I think his attitude is infectious. He's made big plays this year. He's got the two interceptions already. When you see a guy develop and blossom like that in, your, in his second year, it's a great thing for an organization. What have you seen from MJ Emerson? Oh, well, it starts going back to the first training camp he participated in, Nathan. You can yep. see there was something special there because he let it be known early that I'm not your typical rookie. I'm not coming out here playing scared. I don't care if you're a veteran. I'm getting after you. And then that transferred to the playing fields on Sundays and Tuesdays and Thursdays, I guess, because of the preseason games and the schedule. But I've been nothing but impressed with him. I love how he plays the game. I love how he competes. And I love his attitude. And I love the type of teammate he's in, he is. Because I saw that when he said to DTR, 
Yeah, go ahead, man. Let your emotion unfold. Yep. Be who you are. Express yourself. You earned this. People doubted you. Didn't think you could do it, but you proved them wrong. So let's go. So, yeah, I love all of that represents. So, yes, I certainly saw it, and I walked away from it proud. And you know how you have your certain guys that you that yes. you find early on in the infancy of their career? He's that guy for me. And it was just like, that's a guy whose jersey I would rock because I love what he represents. Agreed. I love MJ Emerson. He is awesome. Awesome guy. That's why I had to drop the, the big Lebowski line on him. Strong men also cry. I'd love to see what he's been doing out there. All right, let's turn our attention now to the Denver Broncos. Five and five this season. In some ways, they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. In other ways, when you kind of go and look at it, you're saying they're doing what the Steelers were doing earlier. Right. Went in with a little bit of smoke and mirrors, taking the football away. They've won four straight Against the Vikings, for example, they were outgained by 100 yards. Offensively, they were just 2 of 12 on third down, but they had three takeaways. They were outpossessed 35 minutes to 25, but again, takeaways, that wins everything. We talked about it last week. That's the number one equalizer, and that is how the Denver Broncos have gone on this four-game win winning streak that's seen them beat the Vikings. Last week, they beat the Bills. Now, they missed a field goal at the end of the game. 12 men on the field for the Bills. They get to kick it again. They win. They beat the Chiefs 24-19. They beat the Packers 19-7. They've won three straight games at home. But this is a team not great on offense. Feels like a good matchup for our defense. But if Russell Wilson is doing anything this year, Gerard, he's being very efficient. But it feels to me like the turnovers are the key. And if the Browns can avoid those, they should be able to go and beat the Denver Broncos. You absolutely nailed it, Nathan, because as I've watched – them, I'm studying them, and I'm saying to myself, this is a Pittsburgh Steelers redo in that, and don't get me wrong, they have big play capability on the defensive side of the ball, especially, hence the turnovers that we're talking about that gives that offense a shortened field and opportunities, but they make plays on offense too, and Russ is playing a much better brand of football than he did last year, and I think he's starting to be more accepted and appreciated by his teammates now, so that makes a difference, but I say all that to say the following. This team is... It's more than beatable. If you don't beat yourself, you can beat this football team. And that's exactly what took place on Sunday night with the Vikings. The Vikings had no business losing that football game. They dominated it for the most part. But if you're going to make mistakes in crucial situations and turn the ball over, you're going to find yourself losing football games. So you cannot give this game to this football team because they will take it. And I have to give them credit for this. After they got beat, what, 70 to 20 by Miami? Yep, yep. I said season over with. But they didn't say that. So they got some resiliency about them as well. They're not going to lay over. And if you're the Broncos right now, you know what you're saying? We win this, guys. We are certainly in the hunt and in a playoff bound and turning our season around. And we want to be those guys. Don't let them be those guys on you. And here's the hard part about this week. It's Thanksgiving. It's so easy to say, well, we're playing a lesser opponent. But thank God that they've been winning games because we can't take that approach. Because this could have been a trap game where you have a situation where it's Thanksgiving. You say to yourself, ah, you know what, I'm going to spend more time with the family. I understand it's the season. I'm not going to study as much. May stay out or up later than I normally would during the course of a work week because it's Thanksgiving. But with this team having won four in a row and working on whatever they're working on, it's one of the situations where you say to yourself, you cannot rest on your laurels. You got to take this team serious because they do have playmakers on both sides of the ball. But Make no mistakes about it. They certainly can be beat, and we have the recipe for it because we did it last week. 
You're exactly right. Russell Wilson, you mentioned this year he's been playing better. 69% completions, 19 touchdowns, 4 picks, rating of 104.3. But they're not throwing a ton. Last week's the first game he's been over 200 yards since the beginning of October, late September. They're not throwing it a lot at home, though. He's taking care of the football, 12 touchdowns, only one pick. And the turnovers are going to tell the story in this game. For the Cleveland Browns, you know, you look at this this offense, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton. I remember the last time we were in Denver. They have guys, to your point, right. that absolutely can make plays. Javante Williams can make plays on you. Jerry Judy can make plays on you. Russ can make plays on you. But this feels to me like a game in which – Kevin Stefanski is probably going to have a somewhat similar game plan right. to this past week because if you take care of the football, it feels like your defense is going to be able to shut them down. Right, exactly. And you can't give up the big plays, and if the defense is getting after them and putting pressure on them, then they'll have turn and create turnovers. Then it flips it because ultimately we want to be in a situation where we're getting after Russell Wilson and destroying him because if you go back to the teams that have Early on in the season when they were losing games, that's exactly what you saw. Just him under duress and the offense able to do absolutely nothing. And our defense possesses that capability, but it's going to fall on our offense to do what? Take care of football. And I believe, too, you can run on this football team as well. Yes, you certainly can. I mean, if you you look at it and you say, well, Russ has been sacked 17 times in the last five games. This Cleveland Browns defense, they can absolutely get after the Denver Broncos and their offense. When we come back, our final thoughts coming your way here as we get ready for the Browns and the Broncos. 7-3 and three Cleveland Browns, 5-5 five and five Denver Broncos, a chance to get another AFC win and put yourself in a great position for not only just the postseason, but this division and for, of course, the number one seed in the AFC. Plus, stock up and step up. That's all coming your way when we return for the final segment here on the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. For me, I'm just trying to make the right decision for each of our players. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. The Rolling Stones Live, Stones Tour 24, Hackney Diamonds will be at Cleveland Brown Stadium on Saturday, June the 15th. Tickets go on sale Friday, December 1st. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash Rolling Stones for more information. All right, Gerard, time for a little stock up, step up, going into the Broncos game. Whose stock is up for you with the Cleveland Browns? Uh, it's really simple, my man, DTR. Heck of a win, heck of a game. Way to bounce back from interception, not to get yourself distracted from it in the process, to go out there and take care of business. So his stock is certainly up. For me, it's going to be Dewan Jones. You know, you say you get to play limited duty, and that limited duty means you have to try to slow down T.J. Watt rushing the quarterback, and he was able to do that and neutralize him. That was huge. That's one of the reasons why he had time to make those throws on that final drive. So DT uh, Dewan Jones' stock way up, plus just a great kid. He's awesome. He's out at the Cleveland Food Bank today. We got a chance to talk with him. Great, great kid. All right, who's got a step up for you? Oh, it's really simple. Anybody who is responsible for catching passes from DTR. You can't afford those drops. We all have to step up. Yeah, and I'm going to go with a kind of uh, two things. One, just everybody on offense, take care of the football. You've got to do that. If you do that, you will beat this Denver Broncos team. And then, you know, kind of more big picture, got to get that ground game going again. It, it struggled against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Got to get that ground game going here against the Denver Broncos. All right, Gerard, Thanksgiving coming up. What's your favorite, the turkey, the sides? What do you love? Ah, oh, man, I, I love the turkey. As a matter of fact, I'm about to fry a turkey. So oh, I'm man. all about that. So, yeah, man, I got the peanut oil about ready to warm it up, get it going to a nice 375-400, drop that bad boy in there and let it go.
Let it go. Be careful, Gerard, obviously, <laughs> when you drop I've done it about seven either. times, dog. Oh, so I'm, you're good. You're a yeah, veteran. A, a veteran. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Coming up on Sunday, it's, remember, late start out on the west. Not quite the west coast, but in the Rocky Mountains. From 12 to 2, it's Cleveland Browns game day with Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. From 2 to 4, the Cleveland Browns kickoff show with Andy Baskin, Tyvis Powell, and Ken Carmen. And at 4 o'clock, kickoff, the Browns and Broncos from Empower Field at Mile High in Denver, Colorado. So that's what's coming your way. 7-3 Browns, 5-5. Five and five. Denver Broncos, as we said, a chance to get to 8-3, which is exactly where the Baltimore Ravens are right now at 8-3. And, and at 8-3, and the Baltimore Ravens are atop the AFC North, and they are the number one seed in the AFC right now. They would have home field advantage if the Browns can match that. Oh, baby, let's go. Big thank yous tonight to our coordinating producer, Meredith Kane, as well as our Stefanski Show intern, the great Uno. You've been listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Join us next week at this time for more from the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.